Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and to episode 247 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this show is a podcast uploaded every week, which reminds me, of course, to shout out Tove Morris, who is fantastic and one of my anchor.fm monthly contributors. So thank you very much, Tove Morris, for continuing to support the podcast over on anchor.fm. Tonight, talking a little bit about my Blu-ray collection and some updates that I have seen uh, and received recently. Some uh, pretty exciting stuff to have been received from places like DreamWorks and Universal. And of course, my typical uh, uh, my typical, uh, <laughs> my typical receptions that I get from Aero Video and other companies like it. So very excited to talk about that and talking a little bit about the box office as we do indeed have box office numbers to talk about. And we officially, as I mentioned in my box office breakdown the other day, have a movie that is actually officially broken even and even made profit. And it's been an incredibly long time since we have seen a film actually be able to accomplish that in a clear way. And of course, uh, spoiler warning, it is the film Nobody, which is a fantastic movie if you've never seen it. And it has indeed made profit, which is very, very exciting to watch. Let's say hello to everyone in the chat. We are indeed streaming all over the place. We are on YouTube. We are on Odyssey. We are on DLive, and we, of course, are over on uh, Periscope on Twitter as well. We got Man hanging out over on Odyssey saying, What up, Odyssey? How's everyone? Don't forget to light up that fire button. Thank you very much, K-Man, for checking out that stream. We'll see if any of the other people that typically go over to Odyssey hang out tonight. We do have a super chat, though, from Not Another Dime starting things off early. Thank you very much, not another dime. I appreciate the love and support. He says, Odin, have some cash. Just chilling while I watch. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for choosing this location to be your chill spot. Let's see. Hello to everyone else in the chat. We got Orange Hat Reviews. What is going on? He was here at 545 and says, we'll try to watch some while in transit, but I will be in a vehicle while you are alive. Dropping in early to leave a like and tell you, you are awesome, and everyone loves you. Stay awesome, Odin. Well, thank you, Orange Chat Reviews. I appreciate the love. Thank you very much. Go check out Orange Chat Reviews. He's got a fun channel over there. Has some fun discussions about, um, I love his, his, his movie debates, his character debates. He has a... He has uh, streams where they debate whether or not a certain character will beat another character, his versus streams. So if you like that kind of content of people, uh, you know, again, movie nerds like us who who love film, who love TV, who love stories and want to have and engage in those kinds of conversations where you're having to determine who is the best character out of a certain universe, uh, that is definitely the place to go. So thank you, Orange Chat Reviews, man. Uh, I always appreciate you being in the chat. All right, we got Slicer Neons here. What's going on? The wake down here. Snortapoopus Cuber says, How are humans and other quitters? How's it going, Snortapoopus? We got Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for being here. Very much appreciate it. Bifford the Hobbit in the chat. Evan S, what's going on? Says, Prayers for the Christians in the Holy Lands that they remain safe during the conflict. Evan S, thank you very much. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. I don't know if y'all have seen that video going around on, on Twitter and social media, but it's the Israeli Iron Dome, which I've always heard about, and it's been years since I've learned about it, but I remember hearing about it and never actually seen a video of it in action before. And even though it's obviously terrifying because 
those are military <laughs> military missiles essentially shooting other missiles that are trying to kill Israelis out of the sky but it is just there was something just mesmerizing about it as well with with just how I don't know it's just it's a weird thing where it's destruction and it's awful but at the same time like the fact that it was working so efficiently and the fact that it was able to to take out the missiles very effectively as well I don't know it, it was a bit of entrancing um and obviously the fact that those missiles weren't actually getting to any of the population centers was also a really good thing as well but it's yeah it's getting crazy um I I again maybe this is just the ignorance of when I was younger I don't remember this kind of stuff happening. Obviously, this is the age of social media where we have everything filmed and shared. And so I'm sure that this has happened and worse things have potentially happened before. But it just seems like this is the most tense that's been in that region in a long time. Um, at least, again, from from my own very limited perspective. Uh, what's going on, ZK man? He says, Halito Chim Akuma. Means, hello, how are you in Choctaw? Ooh, ZK man. Thank you for coming in with that. It says, reminder that you are awesome. Odin is awesome. The Valks, definitely awesome. The rest of y'all, meh. Just kidding. All are awesome. Well, thank you, ZK Man. Always appreciate you being here. And thank you uh, for your love and your support. Golden Ration in the chat says, hail Odin, hail to you. Glad to have you back as always. Who else? Matthew Highland in the chat. Hyperin X13. How is it going? We've got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. I'm sure he'll be in and out like he normally is. But because he's doing the Lord's work. He's the chaplain of OMB Reviews. The Kingslayer. What's going on, Kingslayer? Thank you very much for the uh, for being here tonight. He says, Hi, Odin. Thoughts on Return of the Jedi? In my opinion, it's a masterpiece and it's really underrated. Um, I like Return of the Jedi. It's not my favorite of the originals, but it is much better than people give it credit for, for sure. Uh, in my opinion, I think Empire is the best. The original Star Wars is, is second, and then Return of the Jedi would be third in the original trilogy. But Return of the Jedi is vastly superior to uh, the prequels. I think there's an argument that one could make for Revenge of the Sith, but I keep going back. And I've mentioned this before. My opinion on the on the prequels has always been pretty clear. Where even though I, I do appreciate Revenge of the Sith for some of the story elements that are within it, and obviously the amazing score and the the fight on Mustafar and just again all of those really cool moments, there's still a lot of cringeworthy dialogue in that movie. There's some really cringe acting, uh, especially from Natalie Portman. The whole scene with Annie, you're breaking my heart. I just. <laughs> I can't, anytime I get to it in the movie, I'm just like, that's right, this this is there. Whereas in Return of the Jedi, there really aren't any moments like that. I know that some people aren't big fans of, um, of the Ewoks. I like the Ewoks. I think they're funny. I think they're cute. Um, but at the same time, they're warriors as well. So they're not just like porgs, right? In the new Star Wars, you got porgs, and they're just trying to, you know, create that so that it can sell more merchandise for it and have a bunch of useless... Uh, cute animals, whereas with the Ewoks, yeah, they were really cute, and some people have issues with them, but at least they fought. At least they did something. At least they contributed to the story in in a very clear way, whereas the Porgs were just, hey, there happens to be this native bird here on the island that we're shooting on that's annoying. Why don't we just erase them with these makeup CGI Porgs instead? And don't get me wrong, I think Porgs are adorable, because I'm very easily distracted 
by cute things like that. However, <laughs> Kingslayer, I do think Return of the Jedi is a good film, but not the best. And that's more so a, you're talking about three classics, and it's the weakest of the three classics, and it's very small reasons as to why that is the case, and a lot of it isn't even story or anything. It's just that the other two have better stories and just flow better. Not to say that it doesn't flow well, because it does. It's just not as good as the others. It really comes down to that. All right. Bryant Barth in chat says, Hail Odin, hail to you, Bryant Barth. Glad to have you here, as always. Mike Jackson, what's going on, Mike Jackson? One of my uh, Patreon members. Rosie G12 in the chat, who's a member, says, Hail Odin and chat. Thank you. Now another time says, Odin is eager to start. Now, I typically try and get the stream started by around 655, because then... Uh, hopefully notifications go out. It gives people time to come in. Gets me a chance to, to finish things up before actually officially starting. It helps me also make sure that the stream is actually going through to uh, YouTube. And since I'm going to four platforms, it's nice to have that sense of, uh, of just knowing that things are working the way that they should work. So <laughs> especially now that I'm streaming on Odyssey as well, I just want to make sure that everything's going well. Though I do start the stream early on Odyssey since the way I have it set up in order to stream on Odyssey... Um, it just makes things easier overall. And so technically on Odyssey, you get maybe three minutes of me just saying hello as I'm getting other things started. You know, it's not like you get like extra access or anything like that, but I don't know. It's fun because my microphone has to play through over there with, with the way I have the image set up. And, uh, yeah, if you're ever over there when it first starts, it can be kind of fun. All right. Jared H what's going on, Jared H glad to have you in the chat. All right, let's see. Who else is here? Still saying hello. At 6.59, James Dashier, what's going on? Good sir. He said hello. Brian Barr says, what are your thoughts on John Ford? If you have heard of this director. I've heard of him. Um, I can't think of any movies off the top of my head with him. Um, so, I think I like him, though. Uh, Rosie G12 says, did anyone watch Gina Carano last night? I did not. I do not have cable. And I um, also, my, my, my mom's in town as well. And so, been spending some time with her. She's been helping to watch uh, Baby Thor throughout the day while I'm at work, and my wife's at home working as well. So it's been really nice. And uh, don't worry, been spending plenty of time with her. Spent the entire weekend with her. It's the reason why I canceled the Saturday stream. So, so don't worry about that. Um, still, still getting a lot of family time, but um, that is the uh, the reason why. Also, I, I wasn't able to really hunt down any other streams or versions of it. I'm sure that it's going to be available at some point somewhere. And uh, I hear it's I hear it's great though. I've heard nothing but great things about it. And, of course, anyone who's going to do anything to support someone like Gina Carano is is cool in my book. Because the, the way they tried to treat her, the fact that Disney apparently, based on reports that I've seen, apparently they are now trying to submit um, her for consideration. Disney's trying to consider, uh, submit her for consideration for an Emmy. And I'm just like, that is typical Disney, right? They, they, fire, they fire her for not being woke, for not you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, essentially. It's not because she's, you know, some people have tried to argue and, and spin it where, oh, it's because she's a conservative, she's a Republican. and it's, it's like, if you actually look to the things she has said and the things that she's posted, I don't think I've seen once her ever say the word Republican conservative. The only time I've even heard those words come from her or surrounding her is when she did the interview with the Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro, in his intro of her, said that she was a conservative. And even then, I was kind of like, I, I'm assuming that she okayed that intro. 
So maybe that was her way of tacitly saying that she was more of a conservative person. But conservative, right, does not necessarily indicate party because, you know, this is something else that people fail to recognize is that just because someone has conservative, libertarian, liberal leanings doesn't mean that they're associated with a particular political party. Because the political parties nowadays especially are so bloated, so stupid, so corrupt, most people fall into the independent camp and happen to have just certain different philosophical uh, points of view. So it always just drives me nuts, though, when people say she got canceled for being a Republican or whatever, because that's just not true. She got canceled, or rather they tried to cancel her, because let's be honest, the cancellation didn't work. The episode got reinstated. uh, It got massive love, massive support, massive trends on social media. She, of course, has signed a deal with the Daily Wire to be able to produce her own movie. So she's far from being canceled. In fact, I think that she's become more popular and her her notoriety has grown tremendously. So the cancellation didn't even work. But when people say that they, they try to cancel her in this way, the truth is, is that they attempted to cancel her, right? They attempted to stop her from being able to do her job because she didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Because she was not bought in to the crazy, um, critical race, critical gender theory nonsense. And even more to that, and I think this is the bigger reason why, it's because she was critical of the lockdowns. It's because she was very much pro-freedom. Pro-freedom of speech. Freedom of assembly. And not a lot of these Hollywood actors were doing that. They were like, no, go along with whatever the government tells you. Go along with this. Just you know, obey, obey, obey. And the fact that she did not go along with that narrative, they hated that. Because obviously when you talk about big Hollywood, big government, they're all a part of the same club. The old George Carlin joke, right? There's a big club and you and I ain't in it. And that's exactly what happened there. So again, the cancellation or the attempted cancellation, I should say, is because she didn't and doesn't buy into the Kool-Aid of Hollywood, which is a good thing. Anyway, uh, Matthew Highland says, I can't believe I get the Apocalypse Now final cut and a a speed steelbook for a steal. Nice. Very nice. Good, sir. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool deals. And I I know I've mentioned it before, but since we are doing uh, a little bit of sharing of the uh, Blu-ray collection... I do recommend if if you are a Blu-ray collector or if you like physical media and you want to stay and and be able to keep track on different deals and things, I highly recommend there's an app called My Movies. You can get it on Android and on iOS devices. Um, So it's, it's called My Movies. It literally has this really simple interface and you can go by Amazon, iTunes, Google, Microsoft. And again, you can set it to Best Buy and Walmart as well. Like you can set it to any of those different stores and then it'll list for you the best deals. So movies that are selling really well uh, and being searched for the most new deals, lowest prices. And so there's a ton of deals going on every single day. And so typically this is what I use and follow. I check this every day uh, to see what's going on in some of these movie prices. And so right now, for instance, the entire Twilight Zone series on Blu-ray on sale for 41 bucks on Blu-ray. Um... And uh, I actually already uh, picked that up, I believe. Yeah, I already picked I already picked that up at one point, and uh, it was when it was a little bit more expensive than that, but it was still on sale. It was like originally it was fifty six dollars, so it's still a good deal for the show. Um, but anyway, that's the kind of stuff you can find on there right now. Apparently, Willy Wonka is going on four K. You can get it for thirty bucks right now, but I think that's a newer release, though. So those those prices will go down. So again, that's totally up to uh, the individual as far as how much they're willing to spend. 
Uh, Lord of the Rings, the 4K set that came out not too long ago, that's on sale for $77. So that originally was going for around 100 So that one's already going on sale. And uh, I'm waiting, right now I'm waiting on the Nobody 4K. Right now it's 30 bucks. I'm going to wait for that to drop a little bit. Or if they do a Steelbook at Best Buy, which last I checked they had not done yet, I'm going to I'm gonna wait for that instead. Uh, James, thank you very much for the dollar donation via Streamlabs. I appreciate the Streamlabs donation. He says, hey, Odin, I got the Karate Kid from 1984 on 4K last month. Are the sequels worth watching? Well, James, thank you very much for that donation. I think Karate Kid 2, Part 2, is good. I actually really like it. They they go to Japan. There's a lot of really cool moments there. Uh, there's a lot of cool cultural moments there. And I would say, especially if you're interested in Cobra Kai, which is an amazing series, it's good to have those other films in your head because the most recent season is directly connected with the events of Karate Kid Part 2. So I won't go into much more detail than that, but if you are interested in Cobra Kai or maybe you've already watched Cobra Kai or you haven't, Either way, to know and understand more about it, part two is pretty critical and crucial because of characters that are established and storylines that are established. Part three is not very good. I'll be honest. Karate Kid part three is not very good, but it's still a lot of fun because the villain in part three is just freaking hilarious because he's supposed to be evil. He's supposed to be, I guess, menacing in a certain way, and he's just not. He's just cheesy and over the top, but I love it. It's so funny. So, and it's it's really interesting because it's so hard to find part three. It was so hard for me to track it down to be able to watch it. And it's because it is not a very popular um, edition in that, in that series. And so it just hasn't been printed a whole lot. And because you, when, when you have movies that are either out of print or have very limited circulation, the price and value of it goes up. And so it's funny to me that the most expensive Karate Kid movie there is is actually part three, which is arguably the worst of that entire trilogy, uh, which I find interesting. So I think two is definitely worth watching because I do think it's actually a really, it's a good film. It's not as good as the first, but it's still pretty good. And it has a really cool uh, story to it. And all the, the, the elements from Japan are awesome. And then the third one's actually a lot of fun. And so if you can track that one down, I would definitely recommend that one just for the nostalgia and just for fun. And apparently I think that's that film's story is going to play into next season of Cobra Kai. So I'm excited to see um, what they do with that. And um, and then there is another film in that, in that series, which is, to me, the last of it. right? Because some people talk about... Uh, the, the newest Karate Kid, which is set in, in China and has Jackie Chan. No, no, no. I saw the trailer. Didn't see the movie, but the trailer was trash. It looked like trash. Everyone says, oh, Jackie Chan's great. Okay. Jackie Chan's always awesome. But no, thank you. I don't want to watch that. And um, so I would say, though, the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank, I like it. There might be some that don't, but I like it. Mr. Miyagi's in it. You know, Pat Morita is in it, and he does his his normal thing. There's this awesome these. There are several awesome sequences where they feature these monks, who I find hysterical. Like all the things they do, uh, the bowling sequence especially is just ah, it's so good. So I would definitely recommend it. Um, I would definitely recommend that one, but I would stop there. So yeah, the part one, two, three of Karate Kid trilogy. I think they're all fun for different reasons. The first is by far the best movie. Two is still fun for the story. Three is just cheesy and just so funny. And there's this, uh, <laughs> there's this, every movie, right, has a romantic interest in some way, right? 
And so uh, it's interesting how they they kind of tease this this romantic interest, and then it just gets dropped like like nothing. And it's just uh, like, oh, this movie clearly uh, probably went through some writing issues behind the scenes. Um, but anyway, those are my thoughts on that. Probably spent more time on that than I should have, but <laughs> I was like, hey, I don't want to talk about this right now. Uh, what's going on, DLive fam? We got Captain Dean Heiss and Phonemo hanging out with the DLive fam. Thank you all for being here. All right. Chat has jumped on me like it always does on YouTube. Please be sure to smash that like button, please. It really does help and mean a lot. So some comments may have been skipped. It's 7.01 in the chat, so not many. It is 7.20 in real life, though, so I am 19 minutes behind like I always am. We have 56 people watching, so please smash that like button. It does mean a lot. All right. Let me check and see if uh, anyone else. Ooh, we do got some people, some action going on over on Odyssey. We got Tube U, Kevin Street 96, lighting up the fire. Tube U then says, Cobra Kai is fun. Three agree, but still fun to watch. Exactly. The third is still fun. Uh, Tube U then says, the Karate Kid Jackie Chan in China isn't Karate Kid, even though Jackie Chan is fun. Not a good movie. Exactly. Um, you know, to me, the thing that makes the Karate Kid the Karate Kid is Pat Morita which is why I still consider the next Karate Kid to be a valid film in that franchise because Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi is still in it, whereas this newest one doesn't have it, doesn't have Mr. Miyagi, doesn't have Pat Morita, and so therefore it's it's just not valid. Even Cobra Kai technically has Pat Morita, technically has Mr. Miyagi because they feature flashbacks to the movies. You have a picture of Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi, and so even then... You have a lot more of Pat Morita and Mr. Miyagi in the series long past the time that the guys passed away. So that's why I would also consider Cobra Kai to be official. And also, of course, it features actors from the original movie. So in that way, it's just automatic in that capacity. But anyway, uh, Odyssey fam, thank you all very much for being here. Let's talk about some Blu-rays. All right, so some things that I have been sent. So I'll start off first. And I think I've already uh, featured this because um, one of my members and an amazing supporter of the channel has already uh, sent this to me and I've already been able to watch it. I know I'm kind of backed up on movie reviews, but we're especially getting crunched at the end of the school year. And so just haven't had a lot of time. And of course, want to spend as much time with Baby Thor as I possibly can. And things are crazy, but I'm going to try over the summer especially to really... Because I have a list of films and the reviews and so... And there's even more films I know I need to add to the list. But to really be able to get all those reviews out there. But I want to shout out Rosie G12 once again. Because she had sent me a while back uh, Lost in Translation with Bill Murray. I was finally able to watch it um, probably, what, a week or two ago. And I will say, I do think it's a well-made movie. I just personally wasn't the biggest fan of it. It features relationships, right? It's, it's, it's a movie about relationships and two different people at different points in their relationships. But any movie that features things with like cheating and I'm just not a big fan of as far as like the actual story element. Like if, if one of the main story elements deals with it, I'm just not, not a big fan of it. So overall, I thought again, the film was well made and the acting is phenomenal. I think Bill Murray is a, is phenomenal in the movie. I'm just not, very fond of the story because of those specific elements. If it had been, I think, two people who were lost in life, right? Obviously lost in translation, but they were both coming from like single perspectives. I, I think I wouldn't have been as bothered by it personally. 
But anyway, let's talk about some things that I've been sent. So first, I want to give a huge shout-out to Universal Studios. So Universal sent me a pretty exciting uh, film uh, for me to own. And this is one of the things that actually inspired the poll I did a little while ago about Toy Story versus Shrek, because Shrek is now available on 4K for the first time. And so, again, 4K 20th Anniversary Edition. So, obviously, this movie, when it was first released, the effects were rendered in 2K, and so you're not going to really get a full, complete 4K image with this transfer, but you're still going to be able to get things uh, like the HDR and uh, the full features like that. Also, you have extra features on here. So there's the animation, Animator's Corner, Shrek's Interactive Journey, Spotlight on Donkey, Secrets of Shrek, Deleted Scenes, Music Video, Filmmaker's Commentary. So there's actually a lot of extra stuff on here because you get the 4K disc with the movie and special features. You also get a separate Blu-ray with other special features as well. So you just get a lot of content. So I think especially nowadays because when this film came out, for most of us, when we were kids, when this came out, we're now adults with kids of our own. And so I think that it would actually be a really good thing to just pick up to have, uh, not only to show the film to your kids, but also because it has a lot of extra content and extra stuff on here as well. Some of the things on the bonus Blu-ray disc are Shrek in the Swamp Karaoke Party, Far, Far Away, Idol, Puss in Boots, The Three Diablos. So it has a lot of short films on there. It also has five episodes from the Adventures of Puss in Boots TV series. So again, a lot of content on there. Thank you very much, Universal, for sending that my way. Again, very excited to see Shrek on uh, 4K for the first time. And I believe that this has now officially released. Um, so let me just uh, double check here. Um, okay, so actually, it gets released today. So actually, I timed this perfectly well. So Shrek 4K is now currently available. Uh, so you can get the 4K Ultra HD combo pack with the extra Blu-ray now. So boom. Actually timed that out quite perfectly. Uh, another film, and the next film that I was sent, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Focus Features uh, for sending the, this one my way. This is... I have a lot of thoughts on this movie, and I, I just watched it the other day. It's one of those movies that I, I started watching when I got home from work, and then I finished it later as I was, as I was going to bed. And it's a film by Robin Wright. So yes, Robin Wright directed a movie. Her directorial debut, and it's a film called Land from Focus Features. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie because there's a lot of things I like. I think Robin Wright, of course, is is phenomenal. I think she gives a great performance in here. Um, I think the supporting role, though, to be honest, from Damien Bashir might even be better. Like I think Damien Bashir gives a fantastic performance. And so I think, to be honest, I think it really speaks a lot to Robin Wright getting a really great performance from him. I mean, he's a great actor in general. If you've never seen him in The Hateful Eight, he does a great job in The Hateful Eight with a, a character that can't really understand all that much, but is hilarious nonetheless. So I think that this is a great directorial debut. So I think it's a strong directorial debut. But the issues that I have with it are actually the story. Um, like, for instance, she is someone who's been traumatized by an event in her life, which unveils and is unfolded by the end of the movie where she finally reveals it to uh, Damien Bashir's character. And in in this, you have these flashes of certain characters that she's kind of hallucinating and seeing. But it's only in the very beginning. And then they just disappear. And to me, I was like, what would have been the more interesting storytelling element is to have those characters consistently show up throughout and then be able to kind of have like this, this closure moment. But... It never happened. So, like, they're there, and then they just disappeared, and they're dropped. So I thought that was kind of a weird story element. Also, the cinematography, it was done by someone 
who is not a member of the of the guild um because you know how they have all the different guilds, the director's guilds, thing like that. And you can always tell in the movies, it'll have like PGA after someone's name. Uh, for cinematographers, typically it's ASC uh, or one of those different uh, names and titles after their name. So this was someone who wasn't yet in the Society of Cinematographers, which is not the biggest thing in the world because there's plenty of amazing cinematographers that aren't in, in that. And I'm sure up and coming ones. But there were some choices made in here with the cinematography that bothered me. Like at the very beginning, there's a lot of shaky cam. Like there's shaky cam but it's when she's walking so she's just walking she's not doing anything crazy and i understand like probably the effect they were trying to get was that her world's crumbling apart i guess but it was very distracting and it just didn't look good it didn't translate very well on onto the image itself and then in transition to the next journey of her life because one of the things i do love about the movie and the story is about someone going off to live in a cabin isolated from the world. And I've always loved movies like that. I've talked about this before, about films like Leave No Trace. I love because of this off-the-grid type storytelling. And I thought that this movie was probably going to follow in those footsteps, but it didn't as much. Um, I feel like we could have spent more time. It's not a very long movie, so I felt like they could have spent another 10 minutes or so of of her learning things and and growing, especially as she, she gets better. Um, over time, but on the way that they're traveling to this this house that she buys, the camera's also shaking, but it's shaking because it's, like, clearly inside a car, and so it's, you can see the road shaking, and I think that that's just lazy cinematography, because you're trying to show all of the different things going on, you're trying to show all of the different images of the mountains, and the trees, and nature, and everything, and to look beautiful, and then you have this shaking camera where you're like, okay, clearly this is not being stabilized by anything. So, it, again, there's there are things there are things in here I do like, like Robin Wright's performance. Um, I think her direction's pretty good, especially with Damien Bashir. But then there's also other moments too in her performance that I think are a little lackluster. So, yeah, I mean, this is a newer film, so it is a movie I'd probably I'd probably give this film a C plus. Which again, for a directorial debut, I think is actually a pretty good thing. I just honestly think if she had had a, a better, more stable cinematographer and, you know, potentially also a better writer, I think that this film would have been much better. So anyway, Land, thank you, Focus Features, for sending that Blu-ray my way. The film looks great. Like, the transfer is really do- is really well done. The images look great. The colors look fine. It's just those little moments, I think, with the actual filming that that there are some some issues with it. Um, as far as this movie is concerned, it's available or was available on digital April 27th and is available today. I timed, at least for this one, very well. So again, that one is currently available from Universal. So actually, shout out to Universal Pictures. So you know how sometimes studios who aren't in the process or are not involved in the process of production, but they do take up the distribution rights. So it looks like Len was made by Focus Features. Now it's being distributed by Universal. So shout out to Universal. Uh, and again, for sending that one my way. Universal is usually the the one studio that typically will send films my way uh, to talk about. All right. Got a few more here. Uh, this is one that I have seen and I'll be able to talk about as well. And I, I really like this one. I didn't think I would. And I think you'll understand why. But I, I, was, I thought it was fantastic. So again, uh, shout out to Universal for sending this one my, this one my way. Liam Neeson's The Marksman. So a brand new film featuring Liam Neeson. So I know what you're thinking. Okay, it's Liam Neeson. It's a movie called The Marksman. 
It's going to be Liam Neeson with a gun being an action hero. Because that's what he's doing now, right? All the films he seems to make nowadays, he's being an action hero. I can happily say that that is not what this film is. Obviously, he's being a badass because he's Liam Neeson. But he is not doing the action hero role in this. He is playing a retired um, veteran. So he's someone that served during the Vietnam War. And so, therefore, it explains why he does have uh, good marksmanship. Right? It's called the marksman for that very reason. And it's interesting because it deals with him. He lives on the southern border. So he lives on and actually does some some on-his-own-time accord, or rather... um on his own time, going through the land that he owns uh, and basically monitoring the fence because it's part of it's on his land, part of the borders on his land. And so he oftentimes will report in cases of illegal immigration. And so in this, we find that he has these interactions with these characters, but these are characters that are also on the run from drug cartels who are present when he runs into them and it forces him into the situation where he has to basically take care of, um, of this kid. He has to take care of this kid, and he makes a promise to the dying mother that he will bring the child to Chicago to be with his family, and he's now torn because he believes in justice, he believes in the law, but then at the same time, he knows that this child is being chased down by the drug cartels as well. So I think it's actually told a pretty nuanced story there where it could have gone, I think, in one extreme direction, and it decided not to. However, I will say there are a few moments in here. There's a couple of lines that I do think had some political motivation to it uh, because one of the things mentioned, he's talking to his stepdaughter who's working uh, for immigration and he makes some quip about, do you honestly think that they will grant him asylum, especially with things being as they are now? And to me, it kind of, especially since this film was definitely uh, produced and made during the time of the last presidential administration, I feel like there was a knock there but I think that it's a line that most people probably wouldn't notice or won't notice. Um, and, and typically, I think also one could argue he's talking about the state of the border with the drug cartels and with the corruption because of the drug cartels. So, again, as I said, that's really the most, I guess, woke you can say the movie really is as far as that's concerned. But it is really awesome. I think the story is actually much better than what it probably should have been. And just to see the journey that, that Liam Neeson's character goes on. As he is helping this 11-year-old uh, kid, Miguel. By the way, the kid that plays Miguel does a great job. Um, again, very compelling stuff. And I think the chemistry between them works really well. There is one actor who plays like the leader of the drug cartel. Or at least like the head um, muscle for the drug cartel. Who, his performance is a bit... It's okay. Like There's moments when he's pretty menacing. And there's other moments where you're like... Ah, you can just tell that he's not as polished of an actor. Um, but overall, I actually was very fond of this movie. So The Marksman with Liam Neeson, I'd probably give this film a B plus because um, it was it was a lot of fun. And it's a movie that I could see myself probably watching again. Uh, it does have one of those endings, though, where, where you're like, it's open-ended in, a cert- in certain respects. And I don't know. I'm kind of mixed when it comes to those types of open endings as such. Um, but let me see. I thought I had a, a piece of paper for it, but I guess I don't. So I think this one, since it was, this one I think was sent a little bit earlier than the others, I think this one is already available. And if it's not, it's probably available as of today. All right, I should be able to go through the rest of these relatively quickly because I've not been able to watch these. And so a, another one sent by Universal, shout out to uh, them. They sent me this film, Our Friend on DVD. 
Uh, and this film features Jason Siegel, Dakota Johnson, and Casey Affleck. So a great, uh, great cast here. It says, our friend tells the inspiring, extraordinary, true story of the Teague family, a journalist and his vibrant wife and their two young daughters, and how their lives are upended by Nicole's heartbreaking diagnosis of terminal cancer. So it sounds like this is probably going to be a tearjerker um, drama. So if that's the kind of movie that you're interested in, our friend with a pretty solid cast. And then I also got my uh, movie sent to me from MVD Visual, which also sends me Arrow Video videos. So thank you again. Shout out to MVD Visuals, always sending me stuff. Um, I haven't been to a P.O. Box in uh, several weeks, and so I think I probably have more things waiting for me from um, probably from them as well. But here are some of the things that they have sent to me. So uh, one is an Arrow Video release, Death Has Blue Eyes. So Death Has Blue Eyes. So if anyone doesn't know Arrow Video, they're kind of like the Criterion Collection, but they pick up more, I guess you could say more obscure films, cult classic, cult following type movies, give them great transfers for the first time ever and put them out on Blu-ray, and they're now doing 4K titles as well. So they really do really awesome work. Anyway, this says, Death Blue Eyes is a gripping paranormal action thriller with shades of giallo from the director, the cult classic video, Nasty Island of Death 1976. So some of y'all might already know what this one is, but anyway, Death Has Blue Eyes is currently now available on Blu-ray. You also have this next one from Arrow Video, The Invisible Man Appears, so part of the Invisible Man universe. And it says here, finally released outside Japan for the very first time, these unique riffs on H.G. Wells' classic character, though undoubtedly also indebted to Universal's iconic film series, are two of the earliest examples of tokusatsu, special effects cinema, from Dai Studios, later the home of Gamera. So I know there are some fans of Gamera out there. So this has The Invisible Man Appears and The Invisible Man versus The Human Fly. So actually, this is a double feature. It has both films on here uh, for the first time in Blu-ray and available for Western audiences. Uh, another Arrow video release. This is a movie called The Bloodhound. So available on Blu-ray. It says, for the fir first time feature director, Patrick Picard brings a fresh take to the one of the best-known stories from the Master of Mystery and the Macabre, Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher. In his new slow-burner horror thriller, The Bloodhound, a hauntingly atmospheric tale described by the Hollywood News as an impressively stylish and intellectual debut. So it actually sounds pretty good. So if you're a fan of uh, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe's stories, looks like this is a variation of that. And we have a couple here from MVD Visual, which also do their own transfers as well. And they definitely go for a lot of these older TV shows uh, that have never been put on Blu-ray or DVD and to get them in digital format for the first time and some even more uh, obscure movies as well. So this is called Night Beast, um, and this is directed by Don Doler. Interesting. Featuring music by J.J. Abrams. Now, I know that everyone has opinions about J.J. Abrams, but... I never knew he did move. I never did he knew he did music. In fact, I'm very confused because this movie came out in 1982. I guess J.J. Abrams would have been around. That's what it says an alien with an appetite for blood and disembowelment is set loose on a small town when its spacecraft crashes and explodes. So those are the kind of films that you like. Night Beast, available on Blu-ray from MVD Visual. And then the last film they sent me is Honor Killing. So, Honor Killing on Blu-ray. This says, film by Mercedes. Let's see, a young woman with no name, Mercedes the Muse, is victim to a savage sexual assault. She is further betrayed when her own family decides the only honorable thing to do is kill her. But you can't keep a good woman down. So, those are the kind of movies you like. 
There's actually an image here where she's pulling out someone's eye. <laughs> so anyway, shout out to MVD Visual. Always great uh, to be sent those movies. So thank you again, as always. And shout out to Universal for all the films sent as well. And uh, thank you all for listening to me talk about the Blu-rays I got. All right. Let's head over now to, let's see, uh, DLAF Fam is just chilling. So thank you, DLAF Fam, for being here. Um, let's see what's going on over on Odyssey. What's going on, Odyssey fam? Uh, let's see. Uh, Fast Reaction. What's going on, dude? He says, I watched Demon Slayer with subtitles after watching your show. I didn't get a lot of the anime references, but I did find the ending moving. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about it, um, but it's mostly from people. Like The only negative things I hear are people that don't like the story of Demon Slayer in general. Um, I'm assuming, Fast Reaction, that you had watched the anime before. Because from what I've been told, it's a continuation of the anime story. So things may have not have made sense if you had not watched the anime previously. Anyway, shout out to Odyssey fam. All right, let's head over to YouTube, where I am now 39 minutes behind. There we go. Uh, Greta Zenner, what's going on? Greta says, hello, Odin, everyone. Hope you and the fam are doing well. Thank you very much, Greta. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining. Uh, let's see. We got Alex McCarthy. What's going on, sir? ZK Man says, I'm either going to see Nobody or Wrath of Man tomorrow. Uh, ZK Man, I've not seen Wrath of Man, but it does like a, does look like a pretty good movie. I can absolutely vouch for Nobody, though. I definitely recommend it. I want to buy it on 4K, Steelbook, if they ever have a Steelbook. I hope they do, because it's, it's fantastic. It's my favorite movie of 2021, which I know is not saying a whole lot, but it's May. So I think it does say more than what one thinks. Something tells me Wrath of Man might actually end up uh, end up there as well. Uh, but anyway, let's see. Uh, Laura, it's a short story. What's going on, Laura? Thanks for waving. Hamilton Burger, what's going on, Hamilton Burger? Uh, Brightburn 1985, what's going on? Says, hey, Odin, I know you probably don't like Django Unchained, but I heard Jamie Foxx describe it well, and he was saying, I can't stop racism, I can't save everybody, but I can get the girl. Yeah, I mean... I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's probably one of my least or, or less favorite Quentin Tarantino films because I'm just not a big Jamie Foxx fan, just to be perfectly honest. just I've never really been drawn to his characters uh, in most of the films that I've seen him in. Um, and I, I do like the writing, for the most part, in Django Unchained. And I do think there's some good stuff. It's, it's still Tarantino. And Tarantino never does a terrible movie. So I, I definitely still think there's a lot of good stuff there. It's mostly Jamie Foxx, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Robert Frey, Travis Adams, what's going on? 13th Warrior says the Israelis are just now warming up their space lasers. Yeah, seriously, beware Hamas. Absolutely. It's, I just, again, absolutely praying for uh, everyone over there. Because uh, obviously I don't like war at all. And I, I, I hope and pray that a peaceful solution can be found. But obviously, if one's being attacked, you got to defend yourself um, and protect people. But, yeah, it's just a sad situation overall. Uh, Bevo Byrne, what's going on? Pat S. says, Surium late. It's okay, Pat S. Thanks for being here. Father says, prayers for the rabbi from another planet's son, who I believe is in the Israeli military. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Lord, he, he must be... He must be very, very nervous. Uh, Chudman Rising says, looking good, Odin. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Hyperdexter Teen says, have you seen that Invincible series yet? I keep hearing good things and how similar it is to the boys. I haven't. Uh, I've heard the same thing as well. 
I haven't watched it, though. Isn't that one the animated show that people are talking about? Uh, Rosie G12 says, Empire is the best of the three, agreed Odin. I mean, it's it's a pretty universal concept. Not everyone agrees, but most people, I think, do. Uh, Rob D says, Hey, Odin, can't remember the last time I bought Blu-rays. On my Amazon wish list, I got Robin Hood 1938, The Time Machine from 1960, The Crow, The Founder, Death Wish, the original. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've mentioned before, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of The Crow. I finally watched that one and just wasn't really drawn to it as much. Um... But otherwise, sounds like a pretty good list. Walking 55 what is going on? Glad to have you here. Golden Ration, Tatting says, The pastor who was arrested on the highway is out yesterday and set on trial next week. I really wish nothing com- comes bad of it. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, it was, wasn't that in, in Canada? Where a pastor was arrested on his way home for inciting people to go to Mass. Or inciting people to go to, to, go to church. Because I don't, I don't think he was a Catholic pastor. Um, but still inciting people to go to church, you can get arrested in Canada for that. Canada's crazy. Canada's insane. This is all while there's a video coming out of their leading health minister or health expert admitting that, oh, I just say whatever they give me. I just, I just say whatever words they put in front of me. I have all these papers. I don't even read them. It's like, oh, okay. That's the person everyone's listening to. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Alice McCarthy says, you will try. Yeah, again, there's a lot of great lines from Revenge of the Sith. But there's also some really bad ones, too. Uh, Laura says, your daily reminder to read the Revenge of the Sith novelization. I know, Laura. Thank you again for sending that one to me. And uh, yes, I know. I know. I know. Father says, regarding the Ewoks, at least they did something. At least they fought. At least they died. Yes, seriously. At least they did something. Thursday the Warrior says, I wonder if pork tastes like chicken. Well, on the Discord, there is a pork recipe book, um, or at least a, a pork recipe chat. It's not as been as active, but it, it does exist. As Tina says, I hate Ewoks, but they did something, Tina. At least they, at least they tried. <laughs> I know they tried to kill Han, but hey, they learned. Rusty Shackelford, what's going on, man? The Wake Down tag says, gotta run. But I was gonna assume that this will be a great stream as always. Take it easy, man. We'll Wake Down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sasha Neon's tagging says, hail all father. Next year's Golden Globes are canceled. Are the Oscars next? Yeah, and I know some people have been trying to say how the Golden Globes were canceled because of ratings. However, I think that you do have to look at everything else surrounding it. Because there was a, a boycott going on in Hollywood of the Hollywood Foreign Press, allegations of racism, etc. And we all know that we live in cancel culture. So to me, it actually seems like the Golden Globes got canceled um, because of typical talking points from Hollywood. However, I, I, I think that if the ratings of the Golden Globes weren't as trash as they are, I don't think Hollywood would have said anything. Because if they were still getting massive checks, if they were still getting massive ratings, if they were still getting tons of ad revenue, etc., I think Hollywood would have said, we're going to let it go, we're going to sweep it under the rug. Because let's be honest, they've known about it. Remember, Ricky Gervais, one of the years that he hosted it, literally called them out. Literally said that the Hollywood Foreign Press was racist. I mean... It seems, you know, Ricky Gervais is someone who would always reveal Hollywood's dirty little secrets in their face to the public, which was 
always great. So that means to me it was something that they knew for a very long time. So I think the ratings is what finally basically led to them being dropped like they meant nothing. I don't think the Oscars necessarily will be the same yet. Because a lot of the people that run the Oscars are in bed with Hollywood. So, And also Hollywood and the Oscars have already started to implement various woke changes. So they're all in it together. And they're all trying to push forward this, this radical agenda. So I don't think that the Oscars will actually um, be in the same fate for that reason. Um, the ratings, though, are hilarious for it. Inflame Wood, what's going on? The new number two hailed to you. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, at least the Ewoks did something. They proved putting potential cute characters, which could be monetized to kids, could be a substantial revenue stream. No Ewoks equals no Baby Yoda. I do like Baby Yoda. Tina B says, of course Odin can't think of any John Ford movies. Good sir, how about The Quiet Man, The Searchers, The Alamo, Stagecoach, She Wore Yellow Ribbon? Haven't seen any of them. So that actually makes a lot of sense. The only thing I think I know about John Ford is, isn't he the crazy dude? who was filming during Pearl, Har- Pearl Harbor? Or, yeah. yeah, Wasn't he the one that was filming a movie? And then things started happening, and so he started to... <laughs> he was filming, he filmed during some war event, I think. Dadman Walking 55 says, I'm busy cooking steaks and sides for the family, so I'm listening, but not chatting for a bit. Well, thank you for listening. Dadman Walking 55. I cooked some burgers earlier for the fam. It was nice. Uh, Keck44, what's going on? Glad to have you here. Jared H. Hybrid X13 says, I want to know everyone thought on this and what you think. Which was more controversial, the children in Beyond Thunderdome or Ewoks in Return of the Jedi? I feel like Ewoks because I saw Thunderdome later in life and I don't remember or never read about any controversy there. Brian Barr says, for a movie vlog, you sure have a limited knowledge of movies. I know that's a joke. However, I actually have a vast knowledge of movies. There's just also a lot of movies that I haven't seen. When do you realize how many films have been created in the history of mankind? <laughs> there's going to be there's gonna be blank spots. And I have been filling it out. Howman Berger says, how do you deal with separating the art from the artist? For example, Robert De Niro has done some phenomenal work. But in real life, he's a jerk and has phoned it in for decades. Um, some can and some can't. That, that, I think, is the first thing that needs to be stated. Some can separate art from the artist, and, and some people can't. You know, it's, it's an individual thing. Uh, for me, I can. And so I can look at a film like The Untouchables, which was recommended to me by Rosie G12 and others. Features Robert De Niro. And I thought it was a phenomenal movie with, with excellent acting. And so even though I know that he is an ass in real life, I still appreciate the movie and appreciate the performances. And again, I think some people can and some people can't. It's really the, the it's not something I think that one is taught necessarily. Uh, the new number two says, all I say about Gina's bear episode last night is she's a better man than me. <laughs> Rosie T12 says, the Gina Crown episode was good in the beautiful Dolomites in Northeast Italy. She rose to the challenges and is a sincerely adorable lady. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, I saw a lot of clips being posted on social media too, so it looked like it was a very successful evening. Uh, Thirsty Warrior says, one of the things I really appreciate about John Ford was the way he incorporated music and culture of the early pioneers into his movies. It made me feel more. It made them feel more real. Nice, very cool. All right, 
Let's see. Uh, Rose EG12 says, agreed about Gina tweeted Odin, about what Gina tweeted Odin. Uh, I have no idea what her politics are, and I don't care. All I know is that she's not woke. That doesn't make her Republican necessarily. Exactly. Thirsty Warrior, Gina was canceled because she refused to bend the knee. She didn't apologize. She knew it would never be enough for them if she did. Exactly. Exactly. Nathan Slay, what's going on? Matthew Hines says, downloading that app as we speak, and I also got a Heart of Jedi novel. Shout out, Ryan. Dude, did you win? Or did you just buy it when, when Ryan had mentioned it? Because I know that he's doing a giveaway for one. Dude, those things are going for like three to $500 on eBay. And I under, I, I understand. Like, I, I get it. But it's, it's, a, it's technically a brand new book because it was never officially released as a book. I, I think the PDF has been around for years. I don't know. I just... And, and here's the thing, too. What if they find another seller <laughs> and then it becomes more readily available? I mean, again, if you think it's worth it, it's your money. You can spend your money on whatever it is you want. But I, I, I think that the money people are spending on it is a bit much. Personally. Uh, Nathan Slay says, I literally just finished watching Gone Girl a little bit ago. And man, what an insane movie. I loved it so good. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Irish 15 says, nobody once told me the kitty is going to roll me. I ain't... <laughs> Dude, HyperDex13, I found this channel, and it's this really uh, it's this really large guy, and he made himself, because he's got over a million subs, and I think what made him famous was he deadpan plays random music and then sets it to the lyrics from that song. Somebody wants to, oh, it's, it's so funny. I forgot what the channel's name is, but it's great. Uh, Stephanie B at 717 a long time ago because I fell behind talking about my Blu-rays. Uh, Stephanie B, hey, what's going on, Stephanie B? Glad to have you here. I've not been ignoring you. I'm just very far behind. Uh, Tina B says, read the book on the recommendation of my of a coworker and have never hated two fictional characters as much as I did. Amy and what's his name never saw the movie. Oh, for Gone Girl, um, I liked I liked the the movie. Um, oh yeah, she's she's despicable. But man, oh man, Rosamund Pike never thought she had that kind of performance in her. And she is just amazing. Hyperdex 13. Terry Silver is such an over-the-top yet entertaining villain. I'm interested to see what Johnny thinks of him when they'll meet for the first time in Cobra Kai. Oh, completely agree. Uh, so Terry Silver is the villain from Karate Kid Part 3. And yeah, over-the-top. He is hilarious. I get. I think he's funny. But man, it... Uh, oh, yeah. Over the top is putting it mildly. Uh, Jeremy Zukowski, what is going on? Glad to have you in the chat. Matt317, welcome back. Uh, Pat S. says, The Mad Magazine parody of Lord of the Rings was called Board of the Rings. They talked about how watching the trilogy longer than the quest itself. Hyperdex 13, that karate kid with Jackie Chan felt more like Kung Fu Kid. Which, yeah, there's a lot of issues, I think, overall with the decisions they made in general for it. All right, the chat has jumped on me, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of comments have been skipped. It was around 7, 17, 18 in the chat. Now it's 7.31 in the chat is the furthest that I can go back. Um, but let me just head over to a couple places real quick. So first off, let's say hello to the Odyssey fam. Fast Reaction says Ford was filming at Iwo Jima. Ah, Iwo Jima. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, actually, no. He says, scratch that Ford film, Battle of Midway Island. Okay, there you go. Battle of Midway Island. I say I knew there was some battle going on, and he was filming. And in one of the films that I watched about Midway, 
uh, they showed him, and it was, like, crazy. Ooh, Mr. Peabody, it's been ages. Thank you for joining on the DLive fam. Mr. Peabody back over on the DLive fam. Thank you very much for being here once again. All right, let's head over to the DLive fam, and let's look at those comments. Uh, Daniel Thorne says, Nobody is better than Wrath of Man, but Wrath of Man is worth seeing in Dolby for the score in music. Okay. PBJ or grilled versus PB and J versus grilled cheese sandwich. Grilled cheese because I don't like jelly. I just like peanut butter sandwich. Then it says, yeah, Canada is pretty bad. They finally got the pastor who was standing up to the fuzz. And then it says, there is also the Yub Nub song as another reason to love the Ewoks. Exactly. Uh, Alexander, what's going on? Says, I was in a mental institution for 12 days. Got back yesterday. Hello. Well, that's quite a way to <laughs> reintroduce yourself, Alexander. Uh, Captain Dean Heiss. What's going on, Captain Dean Heiss? Thank you for the five ice cream donations. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Shout out to the D-Lab fam. Let's go back over to YouTube, where we got Matthew, who says, Universal always does the home media releases for Focus Features since they don't have since they don't do home video distribution. Well, thank you, Matthew, for that information. Uh, Matthew Highland says, The trailer for The Green Knight dropped today. Did you watch it? Looks okay. No, I have not, actually. I did watch the film. I, I did watch the trailer for Venom 2. I'm intrigued. Wasn't a big fan of the first one. I like the trailer for this. I have a lot of questions about that CGI holding up. <laughs> Especially the one for Carnage. Rob Day says, Odin, did you see Wrath of Man? If so, was it good? I saw your box. I was breakdown video with it. Didn't watch it yet, though. I have not seen Wrath of Man yet. It's on my list. Uh, ZK Man says, I'm waiting for the movie where Liam Neeson plays Liam Neeson. Oh, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Bruce, welcome back to the chat. Alice McCarthy says, Marksman also has Catherine Winnick. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I recognize that, that name from somewhere, and I recognized her as well. I think she's the one that plays the, uh, the stepdaughter. And I forgot what she was in. Where have we seen Catherine Winnick before? Because she was, she was pretty good in the role. All right, Pat S. then says, Good thing the drug cartel corruption is over with the new administration. The VP loves Mexico's president. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, Mossberg says, Have you seen Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix? I've seen the first two episodes, and I'm intrigued. The Superman character is openly Christian, and I'm hoping they don't crap on it. I haven't. I know that we talked about it on Friday Night Tights, and I know that I think it was Gary and Az aren't quite sure about it yet. So I might give it a shot, though. Because I, I am looking for another show to watch. Uh, Nathan Slay says, If I might ask, do you have any Fincher films on Blu-ray? Yes. I don't know which one's off the top of my head. Couldn't tell you that, at least. <laughs> Not another time says, Gamera is a good turtle. Yes, Gamera, Gamera. I've never seen it, but I know there's a song because uh, Tina B, Empress of the Universe, one of the chosen of Valhalla, loves to sing it. And it's great. Father says, Gamera, friend, Gamera is a friend to all the children. And I don't know the rhythm of the song, but I do know of the song because of Tina. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hardwick says, people are, t- are taking Gwyneth Paltrow's quote out of context. She wasn't saying that she didn't eat. She, had, she hadn't eaten bread before. She was saying she coped with quarantine by drinking heavily and overloading on starches. I, dude, yeah, I see that you continue it on. 
Hardwick, I'm going to be honest, man. I have, I don't care at all about Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, I just don't care about that because she's, she's a pretty despicable person just in general. And she's just your typical Hollywood elite who is going to complain about anything to try and get attention, even though <laughs> she has no need for it. Uh, Pat says, Gamera is ho, ho, ho. Gamera is mistletoe. We love you, Gamera. I, I can't believe that there's a song that, like, <laughs> I just can't. Pat S. says, Merry Christmas, sirs. What? Happy Easter. I'm so confused by everything going on right now. <laughs> this is what happens when I fall behind. Thursday Warrior says, as I mentioned, the birds struck me. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey, Field of Dreams, The Big Sky, and Shadowlands are some of them. Uh, I did like I did like Shadowlands. There's another one that was recommended. I think that was another one by Rosie G12 who was recommended. Um, I haven't seen Field of Dreams, and I know I need to. Love 2001 Space Odyssey. I have that one on 4K. Very, very happy to have that. Uh, let's see. Hybrid X13 says, We can now have a Royal Rumble. 2020 champion, the gentleman, gets to face off with 2021 champion, nobody, including the Wrath of Man. Let's rumble! Yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? Pat says, nobody tell Odin, but I had a couple few highballs at the end of the year, at the end of the year, teach teacher appreciation mixture, but I didn't drive. Pat S, how dare you? How dare you? We're very close to the end of the year uh, at my school. We're in our last week of classes, and then next week we have exams. Crazy. Ask McCarthy says, gotta get back to the coursework grind. Lots and lots of reading. Take care, chat. Well, thank you, Alex McCarthy, for being here, for being a member, man. Nathan Slay says, yeah, I know people find Once Upon a Time in Hollywood boring, but I also prefer it to Django. I prefer it to Django completely. Yeah, I mean, every film he does are going to have people that like and don't like. Um, you know, there's some that people, like, there's a lot of people, right? Uh, John Flickinger, who I do the podcast with uh, for Patreon Subscribestar, he loves Django. He, he's, he loves that film so much. And everyone has different opinions, I think, when it comes to what their favorite is, what their least favorite is. And all for different reasons. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, I saw a coexist sticker on a car today. Whenever I see those, I invariably think it's hard to coexist with those who are trying to kill you. Well, for me, Thursday Warrior, it's, it's more so when you say coexist, right? It's one thing to say, like, to exist together and to try and bring out peaceful discord. I'm all about that. Um, but I, I think that typically people use that expression in... In not that way, for lack of a better expression. Hybrid X13, Contacts on Invincible. Yes, it's that animated series on Amazon Prime. I heard J.K. Simmons voices a Superman-like character, and I'm seeing Whiplash parody voiceovers, which I find funny. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Pat says, move and you're dead. I'm dead and I move. Context? Hannibal Grimm says, what did you add to the collection? Well, I, I already went through it, and I, I ate up 20 minutes, so <laughs> I'm not going to go through it again. Uh, Joey's movie blog. What's going on? Uh, let's see. Pat S says Django is Tarantino's least great movie. Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, most underrated. Yeah, Jackie Brown's one that that's the one I hear a lot of mixed feelings on. More more people are positive towards Django in my interactions than Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown gets a lot more mixed reactions. It's the one film I have not yet seen from Tarantino as far as like a full fledged Tarantino film. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, Golden Globes canceled for virtue signaling purposes. I think that's the case. 
absolutely think that's the case. I don't think it has much to do with ratings, to be honest. I think that the ratings are just the excuse to go through with it. Yeah, Father, we, we finally cleared that up about John Ford. Thursday Warrior says, How many from Uzbekistan, Malawi, and Yemen press are really concerned about what Hollywood does? It's a fair point. <laughs> Rosie G12 says, Odin, you haven't seen any of those John Ford movies. Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, Hardwick, we... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally got that figured out. Uh, Father says, Robert De Niro, I, uh, regarding Robert De Niro, Father says, I use the example of Alec Baldwin, loved him in Beetlejuice and The Hunt for Red October, but I cut the line between that and when he became a bloated Trump hater. Yeah, and you know what, to be perfectly honest, I can still watch him in certain things and, and not have an issue with it. Uh, Bryant, also, um, you weren't tagging me, but you, you tagged me with that comment. And now I see this is at least the second or third time that you tagged Tina in that comment. Don't repeat. Just because someone doesn't respond doesn't mean that you don't repeat. Like, just don't do that, man. Bad form. Pat says, leave it to Odin to bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> I need I need context here, please. Please. Rosie G12, you should try to see The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance. Also a John Ford movie with John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. Fantastic. Yeah, I think the reason why I'm so hesitant to watch those is because I, I'm typically not fond of or drawn to westerns. Uh, old school westerns typically aren't my thing. Uh, Russell Shackerford says, Have you seen any of the Saw films? The newest one, Spiral, is coming out this weekend. I'm afraid it will probably be woke. Yeah, because, well, isn't that the film that is being made, it's not a Saw film, it's in the Saw universe. And I, isn't it, I think it's featuring a mostly African-American cast. So it's a movie that's being set in that same universe, as, as last I heard about what that film was, um, based on the poster and, and, early, and early talk about it. So I, don't, I have seen the Saw films, or I've seen at least three of the Saw films, and uh, I think the first one's really good. I think the twist is, is pretty great. It's very, it's very, very intense. And then as the films go on, they just become much so gory. Like, it goes into, um, it, it turns into that, like, oh, I'm trying to think of the the expression for it. But it's like the fear porn, like, like the, no, the torture porn is essentially is how it's is oftentimes expressed, which I'm just not really a big fan of altogether. But the first three, as far as story goes, I, I like. I think I like the connected universe and the things you learn about the character in the movies. Um, but the first one is by far the best. And I've only ever seen the first three. I own all of them because it was on sale for like $10 for the entire set. And I was like, I'm sure I'll have to watch or watch. I'll have time to watch some of these one day. Anyway, uh, Mike Jackson says the heart of the Jedi is available as a PDF for free. Still, I did buy my copy since I am old and like a physical book in my hand. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing too, is that if it's on PDF, then theoretically what you could do then is you could, essentially take the PDF and there are a lot of services out there that typically will print things that are, as long as they're not protected under copyright, which again, heart of the Jedi, as far as I know, I, I mean, again, I know he was the, the guy was selling it to try and make a, a profit or at least someone was selling it to try and make a profit. But I want to say it, it, it's public domain. I don't know public domain necessarily, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's protected under copyright, but if it's not officially, I think you can send it off to one of the services and they could probably print you out again, not an actual old school book necessarily like a paperback, but at least in a physical form, potentially 
Uh, Harvey says, Night Beast was directed by Don Doler, who created the magazine Cinemagic, which taught amateurs how to make indie movies. He frequently corresponded with readers, including a then 16 J.J. Abrams. What? So J.J. Abrams was 16 years old and did the music for a movie. Interesting. Harvey then says, Abrams mentioned in a letter to Doler that he liked to make music and sound effects for his Super 8 movies. Doler asked him if he likes to work like to work on Night Beast, giving him his showbiz start. Oh, wow. So the first movie Abrams did, he actually did the music for it. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Robert Frey, what's going on? All right. Uh, chat has jumped on me like it always does, but luckily no comments have been skipped this time. 56 people still watching. If you have not dropped the like button yet, please be sure to do so. I appreciate it. All right, let's see what's going on. Uh, Odyssey fam, still hanging out. Thank y'all for being here. Let's see what's going on over on the D-Live fam. Uh, Alexander says, Vikings. What? Uh, Dan Thorne says, Do you think Army of, the, Army of the Dead will be worth seeing in theaters or wait a week and watch it at home? I haven't seen anything for Army of the Dead, to be perfectly honest, so I, I really couldn't answer that because I, I, I have no knowledge of it. Uh, Alexander says JJ's initials are Jar Jar Abrams. Let's us see. Matthew Hyland says, got it when he did a stream about it last week. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm glad that you got a copy. Pat S at 755 says, by the time Odin reads this, he'll be asleep. Not true. Not true. I'm, I'm slowly catching up. Joey's Movie Blog says, what is your favorite 4K Blu-ray? My favorite 4K Blu-ray in my collection. Hmm... I have an intermix of Blu-rays and 4K titles. I don't have a exact knowledge of all of the 4Ks that I actually own. Uh, I guess I would have to say The Dark Knight because it's a phenomenal film and it's on 4K. Um, but to be... I, you know what? Probably 2001 A Space Odyssey. Because the older films transfer so well to 4K. Anything shot on actual film just looks beautiful. Hybrid X13. Did De Niro and Al Pacino have better chemistry together in Michael Mann's Heat or Martin Scorsese's The Irishman? I would say Heat. It's been a long time since I've seen Heat. But uh, The Irishman had some good parts, but was so overbloated, so long. And again, I like long movies. But when I say a movie's long, I mean overlong they did too much and uh because of that because heat i just have a much better i I have a much more positive memory of the experience because again it's been a long time since i've actually seen it that i would probably have to go with heat there jkd buck 76 what is going on uh, Harvick says, Catherine Winnick has been in a bunch of movies and shows, but she is best known for Vikings. She should have been cast as Valkyrie in the MCU. Ah, okay. So that explains Alexander's comment on, on DLive. Okay, she was in Vikings. Okay, yeah, I've never seen... I, I've tried watching it, uh, the first episode. I just couldn't get into it. Um, again, might be able to get into it one day. Just wasn't into it at this point. Crusty uh, Moko, welcome to the channel. Rose EG12 says, Odin John Ford served in the Navy as a commander in World War II and served in the Battle of Midway and the Battle of Normandy. He was an Irish Catholic and one of the good guys. Nice. 
JKD Buck then says, working very late. Been at it for 12 hours. Thanks, Odin, for giving me a mental break. Well, you're welcome, JKD Buck. That's crazy, though. 12-hour shift. No thank you. As none of the dime says, how dare you? Hyperdex 13, knowing that Ghost of Tsushima is being made into a movie, how long do you think it should be to give the story justice? Two hours, three hours? You know, I personally, I don't typically like when they make video games into films um, because it's very rare that they get it right. Don't get me wrong. There's there's some good ones. The original Mortal Kombat is a great example of that. And I think that the Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima could be an amazing movie, especially how cinematic it and a lot of modern games especially are. They're, they're almost made to be turned into movies at this point, sadly. But I think that Ghost of Tsushima could be a great film. However, if, if they were going to make it right, it actually would work better as a miniseries because then you could have 10 episodes in a miniseries, every episode being about an hour long, which again gives you essentially 10 hours or so to tell the story, which even then is nothing compared to the amount of time you spend in actual gameplay. But you could tell the story, I think, incredibly well in a miniseries. So I'm actually going to say I don't think they could make a good movie in only two or three hours because if they did it would be a part of a massive franchise and they'd probably do too much with it. So I'm going to go with, I'd rather it be a limited series. And I think at least eight to 10 episodes hour long could go pretty well. How 3000. Welcome. Hannibal grin. Welcome. Pat says, I cope with life by eating bread and starches. <laughs> Uh, Devin Walker 55 says, going to check out now to finish cooking until next time. Well, thank you, Devin Walker, for being here. Hyperdexter Dean says, I actually found Jackie Brown really slow. I can see why people like it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was pretty good. A good thing Bruce Lee didn't show up at the end overkill. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wouldn't that have been something if the character uh, had come back at that point? Uh, Harwick says, John Ford didn't know he would be filming a battle. The army invited him to film without telling him what he'd be filming. Well, again, as I mentioned before, the movie that I had seen um, had kind of established that where he didn't really know what was going on, but it was just really funny how they presented it. Nathan Slay says, I thought almost everyone agreed on what the best Tarantino film is. Um, Again, I, I think that people have different favorites. I think that a lot of people like Pulp Fiction and typically will list Pulp Fiction, but I know people that prefer the other films too because every film is a different genre and people like different genres, so... It actually makes sense that there would be a lot of different perspectives. Harvick says, have you heard of Brian Cox movie Red? It's about a man tirelessly seeking justice after his dog, which had been given to him by his now dead wife, is shot out of spite by a teenage punk. Hardwick, you know what? I have. And the reason why is because when I saw it, it it was playing on like Showtime or HBO um, back when, you know, I had access to cable. And I thought it was going to be the comedy movie Red with, I think it was Bruce Willis and others. And then it wasn't. And so I decided to watch it because it was on several times. So I I don't know if I watched the entire movie or not, but I remember that premise and man, talk about heartbreak. I hate, I hate movies that do that. Hate it, hate it, hate it. They actually have a little bit of that in one of the films I talked about. And I was very, very upset by it. Thirsty Warrior says, one of the great things about John Ford movies is that the setting might be the West, but the themes of the movies are more intense and universal. Ooh, 
Nice. Grumpy old ninja Kentaro. Oi. What's going on, Grumpy? Tina says, The man who shot Liberty Vance is a story about how celebrity can come about due to an incident that go for want a better term misreported. Interesting. But is it still a Western? Sakurat315. Uh, what's going on? Jakey Buck says, Spiral Bound Books. Yeah, it's a good point. Howard X15 says, Who wins the Charisma uh, SAS match? Captain Malcolm from Firefly or Han Solo from Star Wars versus Star Lord from Guardians? I'm biased, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Captain Malcolm Reynolds. I know some people are gonna be like, How how dare you not choose Han Solo? I like Captain Malcolm Reynolds better. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Alright, we got about 14 minutes left, so let's just make sure or see where I left off in the chat. Alright, cool. No comments have been skipped. Shout out to the Odyssey fam. Thank you all for chilling. Uh, let's see over on DLive. Uh, Alexander, yep. Uh, Catherine Winnick from Vikings. Peabody says, Red sounds a lot like John Wick. Yeah, seriously, right? It's like any film now that features that in some way is going to be connected back. So as I said, uh, one of the films I talked about features a scene like that. Uh, however, the film has been already going on for a while while it does, so it's definitely not anywhere close to being like John Wick. But Red definitely does. Just a very old and... <laughs> Very different version of the story of John Wick. Shout out to Eli fam. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Appreciate it. All right. So before jumping back into the chat, just to talk a bit about a little bit about some box office. Um, so we've had a couple movies get released in the last few weeks. Wrath of Man, which uh, just got released. Uh, right now, the numbers is still reporting it at 17.7 million, but I have seen various sites report that it's actually around 25 million because of money from China. And right now, according to the numbers, only $780,000 has been reported coming from China. So obviously these numbers are for some reason not getting up to date. I don't know what the deal is going on. Usually the numbers is a pretty good site for that. But even, even so, um, I still don't know the Wrath of Man budget. I would assume that it's probably a lower budget film uh, because it is a um, it's a original movie. It's not a major property, and typically when you have more original concepts and movies that that come out in that way, usually the budget's lower. But also, for some reason, it's the budget's not being reported anywhere. At least not anywhere that I could find over the weekend, and. Because of that, though, making $17.7 million already worldwide, even though that's a very small amount compared to a lot of other films, because this film's budget was likely very small, it's actually well on its way to actually potentially making its money back. And what I can say is based off of numbers from this past weekend, we finally do have, as I mentioned in the very beginning of the stream, a movie that has broken even, and that is the film that I've been talking about a little bit, Nobody, featuring Bob Odenkirk which crossed $44 million. And as I said, it's now about 2 to $3 million in the black. And it is the first film in a long time that has actually done that. Now, I know some people have mentioned films like Godzilla vs. Kong. Here's the problem. Godzilla vs. Kong had a massive budget, somewhere between $155 and $200 million. I saw a lot of places that 
um, are, more, are much more trustworthy with, with those kind of numbers that were closer to the $200 million range. And so that's what I have in my own website and my own number crunching. And so with that in mind, the film is still around negative 30 to $40 million. So in my predictions and in, rather in my projections based on the equations that I've developed, it's supposed to break even. It's supposed to make profit at least. However, the movie has slowed down so much, I don't know and or think if it's necessarily going to even get there. But yeah, that's what happens when you have a massive movie with a massive budget. Even if you make hundreds of millions of dollars, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've made your money back. And remember, these are not considering other revenue streams. Obviously, this is not consider anything with HBO Max either or any deals that were made. Some of the studios involved may have broken even, depending on how much money they put into the film and what deals they've worked out. But as the movie itself, just based off of the movie itself and how much money was spent on it and how much has been taken in and how much studios take from that total or rather that they receive from that total, it's not broken even. Mortal Kombat in the same boat costs a lot less money but it's making a lot less money. And I know it hasn't been released in Japan, and I know that a lot of people expect it to make a lot of money there. It doesn't come out in Japan until June. Guarantee the movie is well pirated at this point since it was released on HBO Max. So, big question is, are people going to show up to it? Especially with the very, very mixed reviews of it. I don't know. Again, it could make some money, but we honestly don't know that for sure. So right now, I can say, the only film I can say in the last year or so that has made any profit whatsoever is Nobody from Universal. And I'm happy with that because Nobody is a great film. And the others that I just mentioned that have not made their money back yet wasn't a big fan of, as I've made clear before on the channel. All right. Back to the chat. Thirsty Borger says, J.J. Abrams' score, did it eventually devolve into discord and confusion? Probably. Should have, at least. Rosie G12, Rosie G12 says, Okay, my 60-pound pooch has crawled into my lap and is looking at me about six inches from my face. Hashtag dog breath. That is so cute. That's so cute. Dogs are the best. We don't deserve them. HybridX13 says, There's, There needs to be a video game with you as an avatar. Like Mario and the chat is Donkey Kong throwing barrels. Chat jumped on me. Rated E for everyone. Make it happen, Captain. Uh, Kiga Rogers, thank you for being here. Yeah, Blade Runner's a good shout. Because uh, I do have the Blade Runner 2049 on 4K. I don't know if I have the original Blade Runner on 4K. And the reason why is because I have the Blade Runner um, Special Edition Collection. And it's the collection that has all of the different cuts of the movie. So it's got the theatrical cut, the final cut, the director's cut, the so-called director's cut. Um, it has got the international cut. It's got like the the workers print. Like there's so many versions of Blade Runner. So I got the collection that had all of them. And that's on Blu-ray. And I'm fine with that because I, I want to watch all those versions one day. Right. So far, I've only seen the final cut, which is arguably what many have argued is the best version. I actually want to see the theatrical because I want to see how distracting the voiceover is, but we'll see. I'll get there one day. 
Uh, 70B says, J.J. Abrams is not a friend to franchises. This is very true. Maybe he's a friend to older films when he was 16 and all he was doing was making the score. <laughs> JKD Buck 76 says, 2001 Space Odyssey was stunning visually. Not stunning and brave. This is a fact for sure. Pre-hindsight, welcome back to the chat. Zachariah 315 says, have you watched The Man in the High Castle? I still am in the same position where I've seen the pilot and have not continued watching it beforehand. Um, have not continued watching the show after the fact. I hear it's good, though. I like the first episode. But it's not a show that I've ever felt compelled to start up again. Not because I think it's bad. It's just I just haven't been in the mood for it, I guess. Uh, Rusty Shackleford. That's a good point. He's like, Brian Cox is actually in both films. He is. That's that's actually true. I forgot I forgot he was in the comedy Red. And now I'm remembering it because he was the person that fell in love with um was it the female spy? Oh my goodness. And now I'm blanking out on her name. First, I, my mind went to Judy Dench, but it's not. I know that as a fact that it's not Judy Dench. But I think she's a dame as I think she's a dame as well. I forget. But yeah, played the uh the love interest in red of Brian Cox. Alright. Chat has jumped on me again, like it always does. Uh, and luckily no comments are skipped. So let's see what's going on over on some of the other places. Alright, everything's up to date over there, so we'll stay back and head back to the YouTube chat. Harwick says, I wonder if John Wick was inspired by Red. It's the same basic setup, but taken in a very different direction. Yeah, it's true. You always wonder, like, what film inspired which film and and where films get their overall story from. It's a fair question, I think. Hannibal Grimm, respectable choice. Ooh, thank you. Hardwick says, Han Solo and Malcolm Reynolds both shoot first. Yeah, seriously. Absolutely. I think they would actually get along. I think they would actually be friends. Harpin says, uh, Contacts on Captain Malcolm, wise choice, brother. Nathan Fillion is so under underrated makes me mad they didn't select him to play nathan drake for that uncharted movie considering he did a fan film oh yeah agreed nathan fillion is just is just fantastic i mean he's just so funny he's so charismatic and uh yeah i forgot about the whole uncharted uncharted stuff all right let's see oh boy yeah, someone mentioned Thunder Force was a hit, apparently. Yeah, I love how they release it saying, look at all the views. Like, it's over a billion hours of watch or something. Like, they released some random number trying to argue that it was a hit. And I'm like, I'm not saying that a lot of people didn't watch it because, I mean, a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of people just watch random crap on Netflix. Um, but without any official rating system and without any way of being to actual able to actually quantify how one gauges whether or not whether or not a Netflix film can be seen as being worth the money it's hard to, it's it's impossible to say because any film released on Netflix all they have to go off is essentially subscriber numbers and i guess they go by views i've i've never really understood to be honest Netflix's model as they are now making their own content i i sub, again i don't know <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I feel like it's a giant scam. I feel like they have to be bleeding money somewhere. I don't know. Jacob76, Odin is the big Hollywood blockbuster dead and gone? Uh, yes and no. 
I think that they're going to continue to try and pump out blockbusters, and I think some of them are going to do well. I wouldn't. Here's the thing. I think, I think once theaters are are fully up and running again, and more and more people are used to going to theaters, it's never going to reach the level that it was. At least I don't think it will ever reach the level it was before lockdown. But that's also because the theater was the the box office was already going down because the movies have just become so crappy. Like Hollywood has just lost so much of its creativity. So I think that that was already going down, but it's just not going to recover. So with that being said, though, movies could still make enough to break even. I mean, you could still have a $100 million film break even. A $200 million film break even. Here's what I'm interested in. I was looking at budgets for... Because my wife and I have been watching the James Bond films. We're all... We're now in the Pierce Brosnan era. And I realized I had never seen... I had never seen before... Um. Oh, what was the name? I always get the names of the Pierce Brosnan ones mixed up. The second Pierce Brosnan film. I actually, I had never seen it before. And I, I had no idea that I'd never seen it before. And I actually generally liked it. It's not as good as GoldenEye, but it was actually not bad. It was actually pretty fun. But I was looking at the budgets of some of the movies. And I looked at the budget for the newest James Bond movie. Do y'all realize that that movie costs like $300 million to make because of reshoots and the delays on that movie. I was looking at it just the other day and I was just, I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded that the film uh, cost that much. Let me try and pull that up and then we'll finish off with some members only comments. And so I could say for sure, uh, we'll definitely not be able to uh, get to a lot of comments who have me tagged Um so, again, sorry about that, but we are running close on time. But yeah, let me get uh, No Time to Die. Um, actually, no, let me go back for a second. So, the film I was thinking of, uh, I had never seen Tomorrow Never Dies before. And also, I, I looked ahead and realized that I've also never seen The World Is Not Enough. So, the only films from Pierce Brosnan that I had, so the only James Bond films I had seen are the Daniel Craig's before I, my wife and I started watching all of them. Because we've seen all of them up until now, up until Tomorrow Never Dies. But the only films that I had seen prior to that were GoldenEye. For some reason, I skipped ahead to Die Another Day. I had seen that one, or at least part of it. And then, of course, the Daniel Craig ones. Uh, but yeah, going to No Time to Die. Based on this. <laughs> based on the Wikipedia articles, it is said to be costing between 250 and $300 million production budget. That's insane. So I think that movie is going to flop, personally. I think it's going to flop. But I think other films have a better potential. GB says Netflix should have bought Warner when they could have their own catalog of movies, shows, and produce new ones. Yeah, Tubu, I think that's a fair point. Though it, it raises that question again about where do they get the money from? I don't quite know. All right, members only comments, members only. Let's try and get through these as quick as possible. Because time is running out. All right. Looks like I don't have too much to make up. Hardwick says, Speaking of Ridley Scott movies with multiple cuts, have you seen the two cuts of his legend? I vastly prefer his director's cut over the theatrical. Ah, yeah, that's right. I forgot I had seen his film Legend. No, I guess I haven't seen that. Helen Mirren, thank you. Yes, yes. Thirsty the Warrior. Helen Mirren, that's what it was. <laughs> Again, I knew she wasn't Judy Dench, 
But for some reason, that's the only British, old British woman I could think of. <laughs> as far as the name goes. Harvey says, after I watched Red, I watched the Brian Cox interview on the DVD. I was surprised by Cox's posh British accent. He was 100% convincing as a small town southerner in the South. Well, dude, that guy's been doing mostly... I feel like I've seen so many films with him doing American voices or non-British voices where I'm not surprised by that. Don't forget, he was also in a film called The Ringer. That's I think that's an underrated film, personally. Hybrid X13, thank you for being here, man, but I do got to go to the members' comments. So Jacob X76 says, I love my wife, but ever since she had our son, she passes gas like Sasquatch after he ate a seven-cheese lasagna. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Too much information, man. Yeah, my wife used that as an excuse. Midnight's Edge After Dark, what's going on, Tom? How's it going, man? All right. Let's see. Members only. Members only. Uh, Let's see. I think I've now caught up on all the ones that were... At least all the ones that had anything new. Uh, Harwick uh, comes in with the last comment. Director's Cut of Legend has a fantastic Jerry Goldsmith score, one of his best. The actual cut has a dated synth score by the band Tangerine Dream. Interesting. Never knew that before. Hail to you, Tom. All right. That is going to be it. Mr. Peabody also got it right with Helen Mirren. And then says, the older love interest in red retired extremely dangerous. That's right. I forgot that was the name of the uh, of the film. So, yes. Thank you very much, Peabody. I always appreciate you. Thank you for joining once again. Shout out to everyone over on Odyssey as well. It says, agree the newest James Bond will flop because the movie isn't about James Bond, but the new Black 007. Yeah, there's a lot of information that's been leaked from that film and a lot of questions I just don't think are going to be very good. Um, yeah, it's at $250 million to $300 million production budget. It means that the actual cost of the film is going to be close to... Taking in typical marketing costs, that movie is going to have a total cost of around $450 million or so. 400 to $450 million total cost when you account marketing for the newest James Bond film. Meaning that that film has to make like over $800 million or so to break even. Because it only gets 60% of the box office. And then you have to sub- subtract that $400 million or so from... Yeah, oh man, that movie is going to be... A big flop. Uh, Jacob Buck says, which is better, Legend or Legend of Zelda? Legend of Zelda. Come on, man. Rosie12 says, you realize, Odin, I'm now sending you Liberty Vance. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rosie. And it says, also, The Quiet Man. Thank you, Rosie12. Thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate that. All right, so... Thank you all very much for being here this evening. I really do appreciate it very much. You guys are fantastic. Uh... Tom came in and said that they lose a million every month just in interest. I assume that's talking about Netflix. Whew, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so very much for being here this evening. Uh, I'm a little over time, but let's say hello and a shout out to all of the members on the YouTube channel from the Army of Asgard level and above. Mondo Spieler, GomerKyle79, Your Muslim Uncle, Kara Tharp, Eric Jewett, Rich the Savior, Dadman Wong 55, M. Tax Shark, Forever Sci Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K., Orange Chat Reviews, Adam Avery, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you very much for being members on the channel. 
Uh, Poopus, shout out to you, the K-Man. Of course, a huge shout out to my Valkyries, Tina and Steph. They are both amazing, fantastic, beautiful people, and always appreciate them being here. And thank you all for understanding the stream on Saturday being canceled. And thank you for your continued love and support. So shout out to the Odyssey fam, to the DLive fam, to the YouTube fam, and anyone who's watching over on Periscope that I don't really know how many people are actually watching on Periscope. But if you are, thank you for the support. If you're on YouTube, please smash that like button before you leave. It really does help out a lot. It really does mean a lot as well. Thank you all very much for your love. You guys are amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Summer is very close at hand. Glad to have the box office breakdowns back, and I can't wait to break down some more next weekend and hopefully get some movie reviews and movie news stuff out as well. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout-out to all of my Patreon and Subscribestar members for the month of May. C 83 Andrew Hoyle, Biffer de Hobbit, Brian P., Dion, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura the Modern Major General's Story, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mike Jackson, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange at Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B. Thank you all very much for being my Patreon members this month. I really always appreciate you. And to my Subscribestar members, Fast uh, fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan4, John B., Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, the new number two, J-Rod, the beer guru, Nevadanji Adams, and ZK Man. Thank you very much for supporting me on Subscribestar. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every video and live stream, please consider joining on Patreon or Subscribestar. And if you join at some of the higher levels, you get access to things like giveaways, where every month I do giveaways of 4K titles, steelbooks, and Blu-rays. And again, more information can be found over on Patreon and Subscribestar. And at the higher levels, you also get access to an exclusive bi-weekly, rather, bi-monthly podcast. (laughs) Depending on our schedules, we at least get one long podcast out. We try and get two podcasts out as often as we possibly can every single month with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. So again, check out more information. And if you are at the chosen of Valhalla level, which is the highest level available. You not only get all of those things, you also get in your first month a free t-shirt and also access to the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where I have my Chosen on a stream talking, asking questions, answering questions, talking about movies and anything that they want to talk about. So if all that stuff sounds like fun to you, check out those links below and support the channel in whatever way you can. I do appreciate you, whether you are a member, whether you are a supporter on Patreon subscribe store, or whether you are simply supportive in general, leaving comments and likes. I really greatly appreciate it. You guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless.